Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. <laughs> Recorded? Recorded live. Talks you. Welcome to the Five and a Major. It is I, Nick in New York, happy to be talking with you this evening. And I'm joined by the full host of, of, of companions tonight, plus one. We'll get to the plus one in a moment, but uh, let's start out with uh, saying hi to Jared Mason. Jared, how are things with you this evening, sir? Uh, just great. Um, got, got outside, had a couple Frosties, um, so it was great. Like, like from Wendy's? Um, well, no. <laughs> <laughs> specifically. How do you those Frosties? Frosty, love, well, you know, I love my milkshake Frosty. does bring all the boys to the yard, but um, <laughs> Frostline IPAs. Gotcha. Okay, I'm there we go. Frosty. That's a little bit. That's a little bit more on character. Okay. Mm. Um, Mike Berg, how are you tonight? <laughs> I'm fantastic. I I went to a, an, uh, an excellent uh, hockey banquet for my son tonight. Uh, end of the year hockey banquet. Uh, other than that, fantastic day. What uh, What was the What was on the menu? <laughs> Oh, just about everything. Chicken or chicken. I was pissed because someone <laughs> took the last of the uh, pulled pork sandwiches. Son of a bitch. <laughs> don't take my pulled pork sandwich. Yeah. You're going to go through the effort of pulling all that pork. You may as well get your mouth on it. <laughs> exactly. Phrasing? <laughs> <laughs> the in-house referee doubles. Doubles. What's going on tonight, sir? Uh, not too much. Nice... Uh... Nice cap to the youth hockey season uh, this weekend as the uh, Minnesota Hockey State tournament's wrapped up. So, kind of nice to nice to get that wrapped up. Crowned a lot of uh, state champions this weekend. Congratulations to all the teams that won, and uh, furthermore to all the participants. Outstanding. <laughs> and we have a special guest this evening. We are being joined by a friend of the five-minute major, friend to you and me, Cities 97, DJ extraordinaire, and uh, now I believe you're doing even more than that at the station, but uh, Paul Fletcher. Paul, say hi to the people. Howdy, people. Um, here's my first question. It's not the most manly of drinks, but you should have put Bailey's in with the Frosty. That would be I was, That would be a good spike. That would be. Like half <laughs> Bailey's, half uh, Frosty. Chocolate Frosty, of course. Or it's 75.5. Bailey's Frosty. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Paul, if you're looking for manliness here at the wrong podcast, my that's, 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 yeah, I'm, what do you mean? I'm well past, I'm well past the, uh, the age of caring what other people think about what I'm drinking. You know, it's like, it's, I'm not choking down some gasoline just to look like a man, you know? <laughs> no no grapple. No grapple. What's that? <laughs> he ordered some well, you got to understand, Mesa's favorite drink is a uh, is a um, Cosmo. So, yeah. oh, pretty. well, that's, you know, that's cute. Fishbowl. cute. That's pretty. <laughs> I like it. Well, welcome to the podcast, Paul. We've been trying to get you out for a while, and the schedule's finally worked out with everybody. So, we're very excited to have you tonight. And yeah, the way this basically works, the way this basically works is we're just going to talk about hockey stuff for a uh, while. And then we're going to stop talking about hockey stuff, and then we're going to go back to our lives. Does that does that basically work for you? I like that. I can. I like talking about hockey. That's uh, okay. one of my favorite things in the whole world. Outstanding, outstanding. Well, then you're amongst friends. So to kick it off tonight, uh, you know, our, our Minnesota Wild is is continues to just play above and beyond, and rack up the points and the wins. Many of them in regulation, and have you know really bought themselves now a little bit of breathing room here in this first wild card spot in the Western Conference uh, over the ninth and 10th and 11th place teams, a couple of points here, more than a win anyway, more than one game, which is nice. Uh, and even some space against uh, above the second wild card team, uh, whomever it is on a night-to-night basis. Uh, it's, they've, uh, Chicago has also gotten hot at the same time, so they're, they've reestablished a bit of a cushion between us and them. So right now, as we sit, third place in the, in the central is, is maybe a bit out of reach, uh, although not impossible. It's, so what I'm getting at is it really looks like we're locking in 
towards that first wild card spot in the West. So the first topic that I want to kick around this evening, gentlemen, is uh, assuming we land in that first wild card spot, who do we want to play at this point? Or the other side of this question is, is it too premature yet with you know only 69 games played? Is it still too premature to be even discussing that? And we're going to go to our friend Doubles first. I really don't think it matters at this point. Um, I think one of the things that I've really liked about the Wild, you know, kind of the attitude and the quotes that they've been giving off as far as watching the scoreboard is, you know, we don't really care what the other teams are doing. As long as we take care of our own business, everything else is going to take care of itself. And I, I really like that mentality. You know, that's controlling what is within your control. Um, you know, last night winning in St. Louis for the first time since, what, 2007? Yeah. I, that means something. Um, so if it comes out that, you know, I think St. Louis is probably the one team that everybody kind of bristles at, you know, as far as trying to avoid them in a possible playoff matchup. But that win last night plays a big part into the psyche of a potential playoff matchup because obviously the Wild are going to have to, you know, they're not going to have home ice regardless of where they play. So they are going to have to win one game on the road somewhere. And uh, they exercised a pretty big demon last night down in St. Louis. Um, they got one in Nashville, what, a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So I, I like where they're sitting right now. Paul, do you have a build on that? Uh, I do. Actually. Um, uh, my only thing I would say is, well, two things. Uh, first of all, I hope that the hunt for the Hawks isn't over because I've got a Star Wars shirt of my choice bet on the wild Ooh. passing Blackhawks. <laughs> so, um, you know, we found me and a buddy uh, who is a Blackhawks fan, we found uh, a really cool website that does like one of a kind Star Wars shirts. So we have a bet on a Star Wars shirt of our choice. Uh, because the, the Hawks had a, a couple points on us, I also get a Diet Dew if the Wild win. So I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm holding out hope for that. Uh, <laughs> but also, the, in all seriousness, though, uh, fearing the Blues in the playoffs, when's the last time they did anything in the playoffs? They don't scare me at all. They're, uh, when they, it, it, uh, I would agree we exercised a regular season demon uh, by finally getting a win down there, but in the playoffs, they don't scare me. The Ducks scare me a little bit, but I've said this going back to even last year. If they play the way they know how to play, uh, it doesn't matter, I don't think. Uh, you know, that's, that, that's a lot to be, you know, that's easier said than done, but uh, if they play their game, play their system, disciplined, uh, you know, responsible in the, the defensive zone and get, you know, a, a forecheck uh, going. Uh, I guess you could say that about any team. But if they do that within their system, I think they've proven that they can play with anybody. Um, I think it was uh, – was it Johnny Odunia that was mic'd up in the handshake line last year after the Hawks beat the Wild? And he said – I think he oh. said to Zach Crazy, he said, if you guys had a goal, you'd win it all. Mm. I think you're right. Yeah. 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 So – uh, and now the question is whether or not they have the goalie, and it sure looks like they do. Uh, Mr. Mason, um, do you have a first-round preference for Lay Wild? Um, is Edmonton available? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good call. <laughs> Whatever team Jonas Enroth has on. Yeah. <laughs> Can we play Buffalo it. in the first round? Um, you know, I don't know. I, I, you know, people were saying Anaheim seemed like a good match, but then there's that whole horrible streak uh, against them. So I don't, I don't like that too much. Um, you know, agree with Paul that like uh, playoffs are a completely different animal, and clearly uh, St. Louis, with all their their steam that they've built over the last uh, handful of years, they they haven't done much with it in the in the postseason. So. Um, yeah, I, I don't. I mean, I I I agree. Like with with doubles two, I, I don't necessarily have a preference because, um, you know, we're still probably going to play the same same game. It's not like we see we see the wild go out there and play, uh, you know, a whole lot of different styles, you know, to to match their opponent too much. They've won a lot of different games, uh, different t- styles of games, but they've also lost a lot of different styles of games. So, I think they stick to their system, and that's that's. Um, that's what keeps them going strong at, at this point, and that's what they have to do. They can't they can't change everything once the playoffs start. Can Big Mouth Paul jump in again really quick? Go for um, it. 
I also I, I actually heard a quote from Yo, uh, Coach Yo, that I thought was kind of telling. And because one of the, especially when it comes to playoff time, you know, the knock on on the Wild is that they're not physical enough. And he said that I think they lead the league in puck possession. Mm-hmm. And he made a very good point that to have puck possession, you have to be able to play a physical game because you have to separate people from the puck. So uh, I think that I think that whole knock is you know you might see. Depending on the, the the opponent, you may see Jordan Schrader in as opposed to I don't know somebody slower. Uh, <laughs> dare I say number twenty six? Um, but uh, but you know uh, I'm not going to get on the Vanek bashing uh, bandwagon because the guy's got ridiculous hands. But um, you know you might see a tweak here and there. But uh, I don't know the Ducks scare me a little, like I said. But overall, maybe Nashville. How about Nashville because they're going to. They don't have that playoff experience from last year. Let's, let's bring right. on the Preds. I, I agreed. Agreed. Uh, Mike, and by the way, uh, uh, Anaheim, the aforementioned Ducks, uh, just tied it up here. So it's now 2-2 with 10 minutes left in the third against Na- – no, I, be- I take it back. It's now 3-2 Ducks. They've wow, quad. With 10 minutes left. So, uh, and, <laughs> where are the and Ducks, st- anyway? St- uh, where are the Ducks? Yeah, I'm trying to look right now. Anaheim. I know they're from Anaheim. Anaheim. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> um, so they're top. Okay, so everybody's got 93 points. I see that now. All right. Sorry I even asked that. I knew as soon as I asked. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Berg, um, you, you know, this, getting back to sort of these adages of the playoffs and whatnot, you know, the one that sticks out to me is right now is this whole, you know, you've got to lose before you can win. You've got to have the heartbreak before you learn how to win and appreciate the grind and all that kind of stuff. Um do you think the Wild has had those that yet, this, this iteration of the Wild, you know, the two uh, series losses to Chicago the last two seasons, and did you know the, the, the win against the Avalanche last year get them all jazzed enough that the loss to the Chicago the next round you know, hurt enough that we're at that point? Do you even put any stock in that? And then you know, what are the other teams in the West that, that really have had you know, sort of those disappointments? You know, obviously a San Jose or a St. Louis getting back to the Blues. Um, you know, sort of, sort of compare those three teams for me uh, under that uh, under that mentality. I, I think I think that's a great point. Um, you know, the you know uh, the the win against the Avalanche last year. I think that was really huge because I, I think that really taught this team like, holy shit, we can win. We you know we can hang with the number one team in our division. Um, you know that that there's no question that was a big upset, and I think that that really really taught this team a huge lesson that, you know, we can do this. And then, um, yeah, like you said, you know, losing to Chicago, it was just like, you know, it it was the high and then it was the low. Um, Think about uh, what Detroit did. Um, You know, I I worked with this guy. He was just the the biggest doofus in the world. And when the, and when it was the, the, the Red Wings, it wasn't Mason. Um, When it was the Red Wings against the Devils in the Stanley Cup Finals, the guy comes into work with a broom on the first day. He's like, the Devils are going to sweep that. I'm like, you are out of your fucking mind. And the Devils swept the Red Wings. And I was just like, holy shit. But then what did the Red Wings do after that? They won two. It was was right before they won two Stanley Cups in a row. It was like they had that heartbreak. And then, you know, they, they, they were flying high. And then they just got destroyed by the Devils. And, you know, that really set up the Red Wings, I think, you know, because it really taught them a huge lesson before, um, you know, before they were able to win. And I think that's where the – I hope that's where the Wild are right now. Um, you know, and, and, yeah, you talked about the Blues. When Did the Blues – have the Blues even won a, uh, a playoff series in, in recent history? I don't, I don't know if they have or not. I'll have to look that up. Um, but, you know, and, you know, the, then you also look at, at the, the Kings. I mean – you know, we look at a team like the Wild and 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 the Kings and the and the Bruins, and you know, I, I thought about this the other day. It's like you look at the 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 Bruins and the and the Kings at at the time they were both wild card teams, and you're like, I don't know if they can. You know, you look at them and, and you're thinking, you know, th- this is a team that could be dangerous despite the fact wild card team. And then you think about the Wild and and, and why don't we think that way about the Wild? That we should be thinking about the Wild that way. You know who cares if they're a wild card team at this point? They are playing some of the best hockey of any team, and I have to agree with Paul that you know the Ducks really do um, scare me. If, you know at, at this point because the you know I was thinking the other day that the Wild 
you know, if they got into the Pacific Division for the for their wild card, they'd be up again. You know, if they could beat the Ducks, then they'd either have the the Canucks or the Flames, and it would be an easy road to the to the Western Conference Finals. But getting past the Ducks is a, is a huge thing, and and I don't know that they could do it at this point. Um, you know, they're the the Wild are a really good team this year, but the Ducks just seem to have their number. Yeah, the, the Ducks have all the all their yes. Yes. Um, I mean, that, yeah. The Ducks I, have I, I all of the numbers. All of the wild numbers and yeah. the wild girl, girlfriend's numbers. <laughs> well, the, the scary thing about the Ducks to me is that Corey Perry and Getzlaff being so damn big, um, they just, they're one of the few teams that can, because, I mean, can we, I think we can all agree that it showed in the, in the stats last year the Wild were top five team defense, if I remember correctly. Um and, but Getzlaff and Perry are just so big and so skilled that they're like one of the few teams that can break down that wild defensive zone. Uh, mm-hmm. That's why. That's why they scare me. Now one other. Go ahead. Oh, well, one one last thought. Sorry. I also can't get past the fact that he said fuck and shit, and then when he was talking about somebody, he called him a doofus. You still got it on speaker there. You might want to kind of sounds, it kind, a little one. Kind of sounds, is, uh, kind of sounds a little more like a jackwagon to me, but yeah, no, the, the little one. It's okay. You know, another. another Look, you got you got to teach him young. Yeah, well, plus earmuffs, and you can say fuck shit, cock balls, all that. You know. So I want to earmuff it when uh, when we throw it to Mike. Maybe. <laughs> Another another comparison though right now between I would say between the Ducks and the Blues, and uh, doubles I'll get your thoughts on this is goaltending and, and neither team right now and maybe in general has what anybody I think would consider to be top drawer goaltending and if assuming that we don't play Doobie's arms off, then you know you know do we have an edge in goaltending if you know let's just okay so we have to stipulate that. Doobie goes into the playoffs playing at or near, and I know that you're a big reversion of the mean guy doubles, but at or near sort of this this level. Um, if that's the case, then do we have an edge over either the Blues or the Ducks when it comes to goaltending? Well, the the one thing that Doobie has brought, I mean, Doobie's been fantastic, obviously, but he's brought stability, and that's something that both the Ducks and the Blues are probably looking for. Um, although I I am a huge believer that Gibson will be a top flight goalie one day, mm-hmm. um, and also you know and, and listening to Mike and Paul here, I think they, they bring up a good point that the Ducks do just seem to have the wild number for you know every, every once in a while there's teams that just seem to have another team's number, and I think the Ducks would would be that team for the Wild right now, but. Uh, you know, oh, he also beat us twice in the playoffs, so there's that history too. Yeah, and as far as goaltending goes, I mean, think back to the playoffs last year. In the games that the Wild won, um, you know, they made Varlamov and Crawford both look really bad. Mm-hmm. And you know, in the games like that school they lost, girls, if they, I remember correctly, in the games like schoolgirls, in the games that the Wild lost. They made Barley and Crawford look really good. In fact, I would go as far as to say that Crawford, you know, I don't know if stole is kind of a strong word, but uh, I think Crawford pretty much won the, uh, the semifinals or the uh, Chicago series. Agreed. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But there, um, was also, there was also talk, you know, oh, you know, go high glove on Crawford. You know, that's where you can get him. And they did. I mean, they they made him look bad a couple times, but I I uh, stand by the point that Crawford pretty much won that series for the Hawks and the Stanley. One thing, one thing I ha- one thing I have to say because the 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 if we don't wear out Dubnik talk is starting to drive me absolutely banana sandwich because dude didn't hardly play in the first half of the season. He's fine. A B uh, the regression to the mean thing. I. Uh, I fully believe that where the Wild are right now is for real. And whether or not they'll be able to hold it together at this pace throughout the playoffs, that I don't know. Uh, but let's keep in mind how bulletproof Nashville was at the beginning of the season and how awful the Wild were. If there's a regression to the mean, then in my opinion, that would continue this streak for quite a while because the Wild were outright 
brutal, like to the point where I think we would all agree it was hard to watch at times. So, uh, you know, I, I think that if there is a regression, um, we're actually seeing it, <laughs> which is kind of scary. Up. You know, what's that? Regressing up. Yeah, I guess so because it was just so it was so terrible. I don't think there is a regret. I, I think that yeah, I guess it's, it's an aggression to the mean, if you will. Yeah, one thing this team has showed me, you know, beating Nashville in Nashville, beating St. Louis in St. Louis. I mean, it shows that they can beat any team in the league, and but you know, you're still going to have these games where they outplay the other team and lose, and I, yep. you know. And and that's just what just frustrates the hell out of me sometimes with this team, you know. And that and I feel like that's where we are with Anaheim right now. And it's going to take you know some you know one of these situations where we finally exercise this demon like we did in Dallas, and you know and and then you know look out this team could could be damn near unbeatable. This shit well, that frightens me night? about. Huh? Go ahead, sorry. Oh, uh, sorry. The, the shit that frightens me about this team is that. Is that yeah they can make they can you know beat anybody anywhere but then they then there are scenarios like Edmonton and Colorado two shitty teams that they owned <laughs> all season and then on the final game to close out to sweep the series with them at home they they lose to both of those those teams and that that's, that's just you know, they're kind of the, the Edmonton one was kind of like just like a boneheaded loss that they allowed to happen and then and then the Colorado loss was the you know the highly emotional one after all the all the uh, McLeod nonsense at the uh, end of the previous game. So, you know, that, I don't know, it just, it just bothers me that they, they can, they're still allowing some stinkers now and then. Well, I, I, keep in mind, though, that Edmonton was playing pretty damn good hockey at the time. A, B, it, you know, they're both, both teams are compensated heavily. So they're both professionals. And to sweep a team through an entire season, I think it's pretty crazy. So I, I, don't, I don't fault them too much. I agree with you. The timing was sucked. You know, maybe drop one during your slump earlier in the season or something like that. Yeah. But, but at the same time, I, I I find it hard to go. How the hell did you not go five five on five, five for five? Against <laughs> you know, you that's a lot to ask. You know, so yeah. The, the one thing I'll point out though on 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 sustainability though is you know we're playing we're winning at roughly a seventy percent rate over the last you know AD since post Doobie. Um, uh, I just ran the numbers. I mean, St. Louis has won 63% of their games this year. Anaheim, 61. So it's regardless of whether or not they are more, you know, this is truer to their potential than when they sucked earlier this season, which I, would, I don't think anybody would disagree with that. Um, I, I think it is unsustainable to play at a 70% win rate or better. Uh, for an entire season, maybe, because you're, you're comparing – uh, the Ducks and I think the Blues, you said, uh, their winning percentages over the entire season versus the Wilds for half a season. So but that, why, why but can't that, they? Well, but that's the point. I mean, so if if, if the two best – What's their season percentage? That is. That's what I'm saying. It's The, 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 the Wilds wild season? Oh, the yeah, Wilds wild is 38-69. Uh, it's more like 500. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying is that so if they if they go the rest of the season, let's just say they don't lo- don't lose another game this year – then their percentage is going to be right around where those guys were, where those guys have been the whole year. So why can't they keep keep winning? Well, because I, I, I guess I haven't wrapped my head around them truly being one of the top four teams in the league yet. Yeah, well, I mean, that's. I think if you have any Minnesota to you at all, it's tough to, to accept that fact <laughs> with any team, you know, but – uh, but why not us? Let's, let's, let's take that hashtag from those stupid avalanche from last year. Why not us? Hey, everybody, let's say it by radio guy voice. Why not us? Can we, can we, can we not do that? Can we not do that just, just purely no, based not. on the fact that it's something that the Avs have done? I, I don't, can yeah. we not do anything Avs that's not related to winning the Stanley Cup, please? How about, there you uh, go. How about I got one. I got one. Fight, uh, fight to the end. Let's try that one. <laughs> how about, I, have a, I have a brilliant one. Don't lose anymore. How about that? <laughs> four two four two ducks now. They've scored four straight goals here in the third period. Ouch. Wow. Yeah. Four minutes left. Oh, hey. Unbelievable. I had a thought on uh, – we were talking about uh, – uh, while you guys were going, I, I, I keep trying to stash away these thoughts in my pea-sized brain, um, and they occasionally they elude me, and other times they stick around. Uh, we were talking about, you know, us outplaying teams and losing. Well, what happened the other night against St. Louis? Kind of looked, it was kind of nice to have it go the other way because I would say that largely yeah. St. Louis outplayed us, and guess what? 
our goalie stole one, which never happened. Yep. So, yep. so if, those uh, two games in a row are a perfect microcosm of that exact dynamic. Yep, and right? if they the can, Ducks game in that game. Yeah, sorry. Uh, if, if, if the sustainability to me is the only question with this team at this point because I fully have bought in to uh, the way they're playing and well, to it being for real. Okay, so I, don't here's a, I don't think it's here's a stretch to say Doobie didn't steal four points Absolutely. at Washington and Carolina the week before. Yeah. 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 yeah, especially that Washington game, right? Okay, so second question for you tonight, boys. And we're going to go, uh, we'll go Mike Berg first this time. Um, Earmuffs. <laughs> Earmuffs. <laughs> <laughs> At some point, we are going to get fully healthy again. Right, and Cook and Zucker and Scandella and whatever will be back. And, and and assuming, and it's a big assumption, I know, but but let's let the unicorn all out of the barn to frolic in the meadow for a minute, and assume that we are fully healthy at that point, that we don't sustain any different or new injuries between then and now. Uh, what the hell do we do? Yeah, it's gonna get crowded, isn't it? Um... You know, this this is, I think on defense, it's pretty clear that either Leopold or Prosser is going to have to come out of the lineup uh, when Scandell is healthy. Um, you know, I, I guess I right now, Foleen is out. Um, you know, he's the healthy scratch. And, you know, between Leopold and Prosser, you know, it, it, it'd be hard at this point to, to take Prosser out of the lineup. I mean, uh, you know, Prosser... This year, I mean, he, he started atrocious, but, you know, since, I really want to say since the Ballard injury, really, when he's been, you know, pressed into playing high minutes, I think Prosser's been real so- solid, and he, he's back to being, you know, just, just a very mistake-free kind of defenseman you don't notice, and I, I think it'd be hard to take him out of the lineup, um, you know, especially when you consider the fact that, you know, one of the things he brings, you know, the Wild don't really have a big heavy in their lineup, and, and he's one of the few people that will play with, with a high level of truculence to him, you know, where, you know, he'll he'll go in there, he'll face wash guys, you know, he'll, uh, you know, shove guys for no reason, um, you know, so I, I think, you know, I, I think that's that's really what Prosser brings to the lineup, so, I, you know, I really think that uh, Leopold is your other scratch. Um, at that point, you know, but you have to balance that by what Chuck Fletcher said the other day, where you don't give up draft picks to to scratch to healthy scratch a guy, um, you know. So I, I think that's going to be a tough decision for Mike Yo, um, but I'm I'm leaning towards uh, Leop, uh, yeah Leopold coming out and Prosser staying in uh, when Scandell is healthy. Um, I, I think it's a little more uh, nuanced on the forward core because you know that that third line of Brodziak, Fontaine, and Halla. It's just been amazing. Um, you know, they, they've been playing really good together. Um, you know, really solid defensive hockey. Uh, I think Bergie's on that line now. Uh, by the way, it's Bergenheim, not Bergie. Uh, Bergenheim's on that line now, um, and he's playing really good. Uh, so, you know, my, my initial thought is, you know, Fontaine's going to have to be one of the guys that comes out because uh, you really need that speed with Zucker. Um, you know, but then, you know, when Cook and Carter come back, you know, I, I, I kind of go back and forth. You know, part of me says, well, Carter's got to be scratched. Uh, and part of me says, he, I think he's been outplaying Brodziak in general over the course of the season. So where does that put Matt Cook? Um, and, and I really got to wonder uh, if, if he might not be one of the healthy scratches. Um, you know, just this, this team is, is, is really hitting on all cylinders right now. And, you know, I, I think it'd be hard to to say, well, we got to scratch Bergenheim for Cook. Um, you know, I, I think they bring similar dynamics to their game. You know, they both play a simple north-south game. Uh, I think Matt Cook is probably more well known for that. But you know, one of the intangibles that Cook brings is, you know, he's he the other team's going to have their their heads up and their heads on a swivel when they know that Cook's on the ice when they know that Cook is in the lineup. You know, so do you balance that against you know what uh, Brodziak, for example, can bring to the team? Uh, Mason, um, you uh, you cool with that? No, not really. I mean, I, I think <laughs> uh, I, I want to disagree just to be a dick, but I also don't disagree or don't agree. Um, I, I think it's cr- pretty easy to to you know cook as the extra guy. I mean, what was he doing before he got injured? Well, he, I think injury for one. He was having a bad season. Well, uh, there's no denying that. You and, know, and, how, and how many times related. have we talked about how he can't play unless he's taken it to the edge and he right. hasn't been taking it to the edge and therefore hasn't been effective prior to, you know, being out of the lineup. 
Um, I think I think he could be a you know kind of nice secret weapon if and when you know the Wild make the playoffs and they have that veteran um, that veteran you know it's stupid to say veteran experience that experience in the playoffs to to help you know maybe calm these uh, youngins down. Um, but I don't I don't I agree that I don't I don't I think it's really hard to take out um, a Gerber, Gerbergenheim um, for Cook right away <laughs> just because Cook is healthy. Um, Everyone else, I you know, I can't. I it, it would be if if um, if Zucker is you know is healthy and and clicking and he's got that speed and he can play the way he needs to play. I think that's a lot easier to do to to swap out Fontaine. Not not to say that Fontaine hasn't been just you know really good for us uh, for that time, but um, I think it's a lot easier to do than than taking uh, or taking anyone out for Cook. Yeah, and, and that's that's a that's a great point you bring up about having him having to play on the edge, and I, I'd completely spaced that out, and, and and I completely agree with that. I mean, you know, I I think what makes and you know, it, me from ten years ago is going to come back and kick my ass for saying this, but you know, part of what makes Matt Cook Matt Cook is being the most evil thing on skates, and if he can't do that, then you know he's not going to be nearly as effective a player. Yeah, uh, I, I wonder if you know if he comes back healthy, is he more able to do that? And was the lingering injury part of what was inhibiting him from being able to do that, or was it just you know the you know carryover from the Barry incident and just and just starting to get gun shy? We don't know. We'll see. It's a good point. Yeah. And, oh. and uh, are you willing to risk team chemistry and the role they're on right. to find that out? Right. Yeah. Right. But I, to me, I, I think. It's, I think it's pretty easy the way he was playing before. I think you just leave him on the bench until you need to change something up. But the, to me, the, the tough one is um, I really liked Carter's game before he got hurt, and he was he was playing well right before he got yeah. hurt. I think he, he started out great, and then he slumped a little like the rest of the team, but then he was kind of coming back and having a good – if I remember correctly, he was having a good week or two prior to getting hurt. And so yeah. um, the other one that I scratched my head on is, like, at the same time, where do you put him? But uh, Jordan Schrader was playing such good hockey – before he got scratched. I feel bad for that guy. Um, as far as defense goes, I think it's a Prosser-Leopold rotation. I think just based on how it feels that night, Dumba's earned his spot, I would say. Uh, and, you know, I, I, I know that they value the left shot, right shot thing. That's why I say Leopold maybe sees the ice more than Prosser, even though Prosser's been playing great. What about Howla? <clears throat> Howla does nothing for me, but... I, much smarter hockey minds than me have said that guy is really could be something special. Uh, one of them being my dad, who's been around the game his whole life and really does know the game pretty damn well. And he's like, I just see something in him. I'm like, what do you see exactly? Because I don't see it. I, the one thing he brings to the table is, to me, is being fairly tenacious and fast. And he uh, he's been a little better in the last couple of weeks, but he doesn't want to move his feet. Right. I myself would rather see Jordan Schrader, but that's just me. And, and I wonder if you get Zucker back healthy. Oh you know, man, he he he, he replaces that speed element, mm-hmm. and and you know we and we all we feel. exactly, and all we hear about from Cook from from Yo's mouth about Cook from Yo is how good he is on the boards, and that that equates to that tenaciousness. And we've seen Bergenheim show some flashes of that. We've seen Stewart show some flashes of that. You're not going to get Bergenheim and not at least try him in the playoffs unless he's just been horrendous between then and now. He's been not great, but he's been better the last couple of games, I think. Um, since I, he had I to come to Jesus meeting. He had to come to Jesus meeting with Mike Yo, and I think since then he's been pretty damn good when he popped <laughs> him down to the, to the fourth line. Yep. yep. That's when he kind of woke did, up. Did Yo call him my son? Come, uh, come to my office, my son. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure. I think he called him my toehead. <laughs> so say that not der- that's not derogatory. That's not derogatory. Which means you got blonde hair. Be. That's all. But did uh, no? I was a I was a toehead growing up. That's just blonde hair. That's all that is. Um, <laughs> you crossed the line. And get us in trouble for crying out loud. Uh, <laughs> did Bergenheim win a cup? Um. Oh, uh, no. Oh, fine. Do we care? I guess I don't know. But um, he, he won it. He's definitely got a reputation as a playoff producer, as a guy that sets his game up in the playoffs. I, I, if if it's a choice, if your if your question was Cook or Bergenheim, I would take Bergenheim. But uh, I mean, God, it's just with with twenty three, twenty four, ten, eighteen. 
I, I myself at times would, would scratch 26 and 29, but that's also lunacy to talk like that. That's, that's fan <laughs> speak, and we're trying to be, I think, above fan speak. So uh, you don't scratch 29 and 26. But um, Tomlinville has been better, though, lately, hasn't he? Yeah, he, he just he went through a stretch where it's just like, what are you? What exactly? Remember the line from Office Space? I would have walked up to him after the game and I would have said, "What would you say you do here?" <laughs> <laughs> <It> was, <laughs> at times it was absolutely positive, and I'm not just talking about during the team slump. I'm talking about even during the scoring, like that. <laughs> the goal. I don't remember who they were playing, but the goal he scored where he double clutched and then shot, and then I think it was yeah. against the Avalanche. And he damn near, if he would have missed the puck, he would have fallen on his face. Like, dude, if you have any kind of coordination at all, you know, it's like it's easy to say about a guy who, you know, has put up as many goals in the last two seasons as anybody on the team. But, but still, it's just like he damn near spiked himself to reference Major League. <laughs> yeah, I mean, not, yeah, he, he would not have a cup on his resume. He, uh, he does and okay. I would say his his playoff prowess. Uh, reputation comes from basically one season, the 2010-2011 season with Tampa Bay. He put up nine goals, two assists, 11 points in 16 playoff games with the Lightning. Uh, the, uh, yeah. the next year with the Panthers, he was in seven playoff games, put up three goals, three assists. So, you know, I mean, he's had 17 points in his last 23 playoff games, which, you know, compared to a lot of the long-term wild guys is pretty strong. Uh, but, um you know this. It, it, I, I guess what I'm saying is, it may be a, con, a bit of a canard that that he's a, the you know this premier playoff performer. Yeah. Well, it you know what it really boils down to is that it's just your. I think coach is just going to go with his his instincts on, you know mm-hmm. anyone. I think twenty. I think Bergenheim Cook. I like saying numbers. Sorry, I got that from Micheletti. But uh, twenty three, <laughs> twenty four, ten, eighteen, fifty six. To me, those are all interchangeable. Bingo. Yeah. Yeah. All right, doubles. Uh, uh, the Ducks just finished knocking off the Predators 4-2 final, which means Anaheim is 95 points. They're at the top of the whole league, I believe, tied with the Rangers now at the top of the league. Uh, and that means that uh, as things stand right now, we would draw St. Louis in the first round. Um, where do you come in uh, on you – know, I know that you actually found some interesting – well, had an interesting observation here on you know, so just how – much of a 180-degree turn this has been for this team based on wins and losses and consecutive wins and losses. you want to share that? Yeah. Um, it's kind of the, the drum that I was beating in up until uh, mid-January, or uh, BD, as I like to call it, before Doobie. Um, the Wild had not won back-to-back games from about mid-November to almost mid-January. So they went an almost two-month stretch without winning back-to-back games. And now in the AD era, as I like to call it, uh, what is that step? I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> they have only lost back-to-back games one time, which was uh, Detroit, uh, Columbus, and Detroit, and they took the loser point out of the shootout against Detroit. So they have not gone consecutive games without notching Stanley's points uh, since Doobie got here. So wow. that's, uh, I mean, that's outstanding. Now, my big concern is, you know, you, I fully believe that you cannot play games at a playoff level intensity for, you know, three months before the dance even starts. So that, that's, that's my biggest concern at this point. If we can step well, back for a second, uh, I've got to get this off my chest. Uh, after the Ducks yes. came into town, I want to personally thank Clayton Stoner for clarifying <laughs> because before he clarified <laughs> his comments about the uh, OC register story from back in January, uh, I was the first time, the last time the Ducks were here, I was under the impression that Stoner was just a big whiny titty baby bitch about Suter <laughs> hogging all the minutes here. Wow. So I want to thank Clayton Stoner for clarifying uh, this week with his comments that he actually is a big, whiny, <laughs> kitty baby bitch. <laughs> so I wasn't sure of that before he clarified. Now I know. Thanks, Clay. The best part was where he said that he didn't say what he said. That was fantastic. 
Well, I wasn't saying this. Well, yeah, you kind of were. I didn't. I didn't say that. I have no recollection yeah. of that. Okay, Senator. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. sorry, you were sorry you were misquoted in your own autobiography there, Clayton. Hey, hey doubles that question, is... doubles. I got a question for you. Do you think um, if if maybe the the position the playoff positions kind of stabilize here and and we get kind of locked into a position later on, do you think we're going to see the Wild kind of maybe give Doobie a break or give some of the big guys a break at some point here just to kind of let them, you know, relax a little bit? Do you think that might happen? Do you think it'd be worth it? Or do you think they just need to keep the intensity going? Why would you give Doobie a break? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Um, Or or anyone. The the fact is, I mean, all their their (laughs) eggs are in Doobie's basket, and Doobie will be the hill that we live or die on. And, I like what uh, he said uh, about that. He he said like he's going to he's going to basically he thinks he's going to play every single game, so he's going to be prepared to do so. And if and if they decide to throw in who are our backups, uh, either of those two assholes, <laughs> then then that's the thing, you know that's coaching decision. All right, a let's take it easy on Darcy Kemper. He was put in a horrible situation because Backstrom sucks. And because uh, Josh Harding is uh, the biggest prima donna on the face of the earth, so uh, let's not bash on Kemper too bad. He's still going to be a hell of a goaltender. I firmly believe that he was put in a, a well, really Josh Harding put the coaches in an impossible situation. Paul, they were Paul don't listen to any of our archive podcasts if, if that's the stance you're going to take. <laughs> Why? <laughs> no, no I wanna... just had really good. No reason. It's all right. No, we, we we basically we basically uh, agree with that for the we basically agree with that. Okay, basically. This, this, good, this good. is all Harding screwed this team over this year, and that that's that's uh, X uh, MS. You know, everything outside of that was ridiculous. Well, you know what? It it it. There's a lot more. He was. He, let me let me clarify something really quickly. And uh, he was a big. Fat size giant douche before MS, so yeah, the MS well, actually doesn't factor into it at all. I feel bad for him in in, in like a human to a human instead of just uh, some random schlub, uh, you know, taking shots at a professional athlete. Uh, but human to human, he should hang up the skates and go live with, be with his family and enjoy time with his kids. Yes, because who knows what's going to happen five years from now. He could yeah, be completely right. debilitated and 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 uh, reduced to to mush, uh, or I mean he may be fine. Who knows? But uh, you know to put the team in the kind of spot that he did is just it. You know what? I don't even know if I'm supposed to say this kind of stuff. But he at one point, and I happen to know this. I think I I, I shouldn't say that I know this 100, percent but it's like 95. Uh, this is I think even before MS. He said, just give me whatever. Like I think it was a million and a half or whatever it was. Just give me backup salary. Oh, I'm happy being the backup. Who says that? Wow. Like that's 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 what I'm talking about when I'm saying prima donna. I mean, and just and just he just doesn't have. And the, the worst part is, is he's probably got the best skill of any of the goaltenders, including Drew mm-hmm. on this team. He could be mm-hmm. a lights out franchise ten year goaltender, but he just doesn't care. And he's just such an aloof. Just oh god, he just he. I, I don't want to. I I I. I I hesitate because I don't know the guy, and I don't, I don't like to just be, you know, random fans spewing out gibberish that they don't have any idea what they're talking about. But from what uh, I know, yeah. he he seems like just he's just a self-centered, you know, uh, crybaby, and it, and it, and it well, not even a crybaby, he just doesn't want it, and it, it makes me sad because he's got such insane skill. So I are you saying from he, your perspective, he lacks the alpha component? I would say he lacks a lot of components, uh, components that. <laughs> make up anything that is to do with being compensated uh, in the millions. Yeah, uh, I mean, you need, you need the killer instinct. And, and Paul, we, we actually had this discussion. I don't know if we had that on, on a podcast or not, but, you know, Harding has had a very interesting history of injuries where, you know, he, he's, he's put in a position to, to, you know, be the guy. Oh, you yeah, know, he could. Gets well, injured, you know. and, then, and, then, and then, oh, now Harding's injured too. Well, yeah. shit. Yeah. You know, and, and that's just that's just 
his history, and, and, and it's unfortunate that that's how it is, but, you know, you look back and, you know, and I actually did, a, I actually looked at it, like, every time Backstrom got hurt, it seemed like very shortly after that, Harding would get hurt. Oh, imagine that. That, that, that <laughs> as a, you know, I just want to clarify, just in case anybody actually hears this podcast. Um, <laughs> Our moms. Uh, I'm kidding. Uh, I, uh, I do want to clarify, you know, that, it, you know, from a human to a human, I want, no, I, I, I wish no ill will on the guy. I, mean, oh, I, just, I, feel, I feel bad bashing the guy, but that, you, you've seen it. I mean, you don't need to be inside the locker room to see what's going on. Yeah, yeah. Well, what, what were we talking about before I derailed the whole thing? Sorry. Uh... Tacos. And tacos. <laughs> tacos. There's that. <laughs> there is that. All right. Uh, let's get to some final thoughts here uh, before before we get even further off the rails. But um, let's go first to you, Jared Mason. Uh, final thoughts are I, I just love that, you know, we've, we've been talking about you know, to get to that 96 points, you know, whenever one of you brilliant bastards made that observation, the record was something like 7-7-1 seven, seven, and one to go for the season. And we, we've pretty much been – consistent with that in the face of some pretty big teams. So I'm uh, enjoying that and uh, enjoying, uh, I hope to be enjoying watching that continue um, and just kind of comfortably make the playoffs for once. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mike Bird. I think this is an incredibly good problem to have that we don't know who's going to come out of the lineup when all of our guys get healthy. I think that's incredible. It's the first time I've actually felt this way about this team. And, you know, you know, because, Ten years ago, it's like, well, shit. Which third liner is going to come out when this when this other third liner is healthy? And now it's, God, who comes out of the lineup now? Yep, I think we have actual depth. Yeah, right. our depth yeah. is deep. Our depth is deep. It's some deep shit. <laughs> Double. <laughs> I am very interested to see how the power play shakeup. Uh, plays out. I would love to see Dumba continue to get more time with the first unit um, for probably reasons. One, I like seeing Dumba fire the puck from the point. Two, I like to see Pominville playing anywhere but the point. And three, I'd like to see Vanek not on the first unit. Yeah. Yeah, well said. Uh, Paul, final thought? Uh, I'm going to ignore tacos. And I will stick to hockey. Uh, I'm going to actually steal a thought because I thought it was that profound. And Doubles actually stole my thunder a little bit. Uh, I would love to see him shake up the power play. I would like to see Mike Yo for once. My only knock on the guy, because I, I love him as our coach, but my only knock on the guy is he's so afraid of veterans. Dude, go get in their face. You've got a bald head. You look plenty mean. Get in their face. Tell them, dude, Vanek, sorry, man. You're on number two. Pominville, sorry, you're on the deuce as well. And Tennebe on uh, KFN, our sister station here in Minneapolis, he had an alignment, I don't remember exactly, but it was absolutely gorgeous. It was, uh, I think he had, um, I don't remember, he had Granlin in a place to distribute because he's got probably the best vision and passing uh, skill on on the team. Uh, He had Dumb on the point. He had, I I think he said Spurgeon, that was the only spot where I kind of disagreed with him because I love the the lefty-righty battle up there. uh, contrast up top. Uh, and then I think it was Parisi and maybe he did still have, no, it was Koivu, uh, but he put Koivu in a different spot because they've got Koivu in a spot for shooting right now. And I noticed that on my own, but I didn't think of the configuration on my own. So, uh, I love the idea of, you know, maybe putting Koivu, I think where Parisi is, uh, where he can pass the puck a little bit, put Parisi out front. That's what he said. But I just want to be, make sure I don't take credit for this on my own. Uh, put Parisi out front where, Koivu and Vanek have been standing because he's so fantastic at deflections and making, mm-hmm. causing a ruckus in front of the net. Uh, and then just let Dumba bomb away with that ridiculous shot. <clears throat> you know, I, I, you know, riffing on that, Paul, I'd almost like to see Prosser right there in front because he has, he's got a, he's got the ability to piss people off like nobody else on this team. Did you just say Prosser on the power play? <laughs> <laughs> All right. How Tacos. drunk are you? Tacos, anybody? <laughs> I have a fantastic homemade recipe. I like tacos. Never buy, never buy taco packets ever again. I will. <laughs> if you really think I'm that cute, I will send you my homemade taco recipe that you'll never buy from a packet again. I think we should note that uh, the human crash test dummy Nate Prosser is day to day probably yeah. uh, after taking oh, yeah, that little uh, that little rub from Laterra there behind the net last night. I love yeah. that dude. 
I love Rub- I'm so glad he's playing good again. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry, you said final thoughts. My bad. I thought you said medium thoughts. That's okay. <laughs> um, my final thought for tonight is that Tuesday's game on St. Patrick's Day in Nashville should be an absolute classic. You've got Nashville, who uh, who we beat last time we were there, and really sort of put a dent in their armor for the arguably the first time all year, certainly at home, uh, and, uh, and and more to the point, uh, just lost in staggering fashion tonight, uh, blowing the 2-0 third period lead to lose 4-2 in Anaheim. It is both teams' next game, so uh, uh, the Preds will have two days to think about this one. Uh, well, a day tomorrow to think about it leading up to it. So it was, Rene, great was Rene in tonight? I believe he started. I don't have the uh, I don't have that 100. percent But uh, if he was, it's even better. So that should be a tremendous game. And then uh, that is the third of our five game uh, set from hell. Then we come home for two more: uh, Washington, and then the afternoon game against St. Louis on Saturday. So uh, and then it, and then it gets. Me, you know, sort of a measure easier after that for the for the to round out March. So, listen, uh, the one thing I'm going to be doing this week is wrapping my head, like I said earlier, wrapping my head around this team being a good team uh, and trying to not be a Minnesotan about it. So, that's where we are for Paul Fletcher, for doubles, for Mike Berg, for Jared Mason. This is Nick in New York. Thank you for listening to the Five and a Major, and we'll be back with you soon. Recording has ended. At some point. Uh, Record it live. Hold on, we're, we are the, still the, live. Until the we more, the more. <laughs> yeah, by the way, Rini did, Rini did play the whole game. Wow. That team is the seventh save percentage. That team is I'm getting more and more different if he falls uh, back down to earth. I, I'm getting more and more excited about Nashville shitting the bed. That's what's going to happen. They're, they're, they, they're just... the. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.